0: everyone and welcome back to another episode of Baddish Podcast with Zia and your girl Naya. Um, this is a continuation of our relationship series so our first one if you didn't hear about it was about sex and sexuality and how that impacts our dating relationships and kind of that sphere in general and uh, this episode we will be talking about dating as a Gen Z but before we get into all of that Let's do some life updates. So Nyla, what's what's good with you? Um,
1: uh, Your girl graduated. Let's start with that. Nice for
0: myself.
1: Um, Came home for a bit because you know graduation had to come visit my family. There was Christmas, Um, and nothing else really except for that. You know the the whole beginning of being an adult has started. So job searching and. All that jazz none of which is fun and yeah this is our first episode for the year guys so we're super glad to be back and yeah that's about it for me how about you okay.
0: Zee? Um actually a lot so I moved to New York at the beginning of January so I just like my second month here um started grad school for marketing at NYU so doing all of that and then because I didn't think I was doing enough I didn't doing an internship on top of that um in events for the chamber of commerce in Greenwich Village um for free free. I know I I played myself but I like I like the event process and event planning, and then on top of that, I have like I feel like this irrational fear that I need to keep propelling my resume forward in any way that I can. So if I can find a job that's like sort of kind of interesting to me, and they're not going to pay me as long as the hours aren't like too extreme and it's not too demanding, I'm I'll I'll, I'll do it. Apparently, so definitely going to try and. <laughs> Next time I pick up a job, definitely going to make sure that's one that they're paying me. But (laughs) unemployment and um, my unemployment money finally came in. So I got all of that back pay. Plus, I'm hoping that, you know, this Biden administration will send me another stimulus check. So like Hmm. financially, I am like in a situation where I can work for free and everything is like fine. We're cooling because all of my expenses are more or less covered from I was saving the whole year I was working at Nordstrom so right. the bank account looks good but I don't know if you all have noticed but there has been a third little voice popping in and out we have a guest mm-hmm. on today's episode it's the lovable Ajay Pickering Haynes
2: oh,
0: Fun <laughs> fact before I have him introduced himself I know Ajay from bro, is it even considered elementary or is it considered middle school? It's one of those two. And then again in high school, and I actually haven't talked to him since my sophomore year of high school. And I randomly (laughs) asked him if he wanted to do this podcast episode with us, because he'll tell you a little bit more about like what he does, but I thought he was kind of a good fit. So you know, slide into DMs is like the moral of today's episode. If you want to, <laughs> magic night happen. Well, we are
2: talking about dating, so, so there I guess that it starts, Right?
0: Coming full circle.
2: <laughs> no, thank you so much for that introduction. I'm, um, it's great to be here, and I love what you all are doing. Let me first say, I think like having these conversations and just giving people this space, especially during a pandemic, I'm sure you guys are creating a lot of relief and even a community for people to just listen. just vibe or you know what I mean just like have a space where they feel um they could kind of get away from all the things that are COVID and all the things that are happening but um yeah like I said happy to be here um I wear a lot of different hats but I'll go ahead and introduce myself just so people kind of know who I am um I'm originally from St. Thomas uh that's how I met Zia like she mentioned and right now I work in healthcare, but I also um, run my own youth program and I'm a writer um so that's kind of what I do um outside of that I'm also part of a book club and I I do several different projects but um no it was great it's great that you reached out to me because I felt like this would go really well with some of the things that I talk about um I talk a lot about like mindset mental health um just like habitual living type things on my blog um so I felt like this would be a great opportunity for me to to really delve into some of those things. And then I also do a lot of public speaking on the side. So so yeah, like I said, I'm just happy to be here and um, I'm ready to get into it whenever you, you all are.
1: Yo, okay, so great. Into it. So we always give people the opportunity to plug themselves on the podcast, which you've done a pretty good job of doing so far. Um, we also let them plug their social media and stuff if they so desire. However, if you don't really feel like doing the whole spiel right now, on the Mm -hmm. podcast and spelling out your handles um when we do the instagram post for the podcast and the snippets and stuff we will be including his information guys in case any of the stuff that he just talked about sounded interesting to you or sounded like something that you might want to be involved in or know more about um because we're all about creating community within the badish sphere so i do a lot of Nice. things on my end and it seems like Ajay does a lot of things on his end too and we really love to have very well-rounded people come on to the podcast as our guests and so we are as happy to have you as you are to be here
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can go ahead and plug in my um I don't mind saying plugins on my social media so if you're on Instagram uh, my Instagram handle is King Jai Blog. that's k-i-n-g-j-a-y-i-b-l-o-g and as far as my blog website, it's findingyourvoicefyvblog.com. Um, but if you go on my Instagram, all of the other things that I do are plugged into my Instagram. So that's that's a good place to start.
1: Okay, great. So we're going to start off, or we're going to dive right into our topic for today, guys. Um, the topic holistically is dating as a gen z year which plugs right into our relationship series it's the second episode in the relationship series even though it is the first episode for the year we're just doing a continuation um, because we did have a gap but we are continuing where we left off Um, there are a lot of things that we want to cover but before we do that on this particular episode we're going to do what we always do And we're gonna have everybody self-identify and let you know what they're about, their status. Are you in a relationship? Are you single? Are you looking? Are you dating? So since I am already speaking, I will start. I am somewhere on the spectrum, not quite heterosexual, not quite homosexual. I fall kind of in the middle, which people like to refer to as bisexual, even though I do not subscribe to labels. So bisexual and or queer works. I am currently in a relationship, a very happy relationship actually. And uh, it is a heterosexual relationship. I am dating a man. So, you know, there's that.
0: Is this how your face looks when you say man? It's just yeah. actually hilarious to me. <laughs> it's funny. Okay. So I will go next then. You all know the vibes by now. I really don't date at all. I am like the complete uh, opposite of Nyla in that aspect. We're a lot of we're a lot of like in so many ways, but this is like one of the key differences. Um kind of like Nyla was saying, not exactly into labels, but I think the thing that closest identifies my sort of situation is kind of like gray romantic where like I really have issues with like coming into romantic attraction it's not really something that I feel like is built into me instinctively like how it is for other people like I really have no interest in at all and honestly have plans on dying alone but you know we'll see what the future holds Um, and then uh, outside of that sexuality rise I do identify as heterosexual cisgender so
2: that's what it is. Right. Okay, I'll go next, um, followed up from Zia. So similar to Zia, um, when it comes to dating, that's just not something that I'm um, doing right now. Um, I mean, I don't think much people are traditionally speaking in terms of the pandemic. Um, they're doing it in different ways. Um, for me, um, in terms of self-identifying right now, I'm just gonna, um, I'm just gonna leave that blank um, as, I, as it is something that I'm growing into and something that I, a narrative that I wanna control. Um, so that is something that I'm um, th- thinking about and figuring out. Um, but for me, I haven't, I actually have never been in a long-term committed relationship, like stable Ooh. long-term, I say long-term committed um, because I there's other things that I just wouldn't count um, as an actual relationship. But I feel like one of the things that I've really been able to delve into in 2020 is just like the relationship with, that I have with myself. And I wouldn't say I'm dating myself, but I would say that I'm committed to myself in a way that you would be committed to someone else. Um, and so for me, that's kind of the headspace that I'm in uh, when it comes to, I guess, dating or relationships.
1: Okay, that's great. Um, so now that we've set our baseline, I think that it's despite where we may all be at right now. So currently, I am not dating because I am in a relationship. But I think at some point or another in our 22 and 23 respective years of life, we may have all had some kind of experience with dating as a holistic concept. And by that, what I mean is you might not necessarily have been big on dating, which Zia never is, um, but you have had... Experience with being interested in somebody or somebody being interested in you and having to navigate those waters. So, I think that's where we're going to start off. So, what I find really interesting is how our generation versus other generations, like our parents or even millennials, define dating. So, for Mm. me, I think I lean more towards a traditional sense of dating where it's actually like, you know, you're actively pursuing somebody and you're going out on dates and you're getting to know them and you're talking to them and you know finding out more about them as a person and trying to figure out more about yourself in the process and seeing how you two might be able to work in a romantic arrangement. However personally I realized that especially with Gen Zers there's been this phenomenon of talking going on which kind of eradicates dating as a concept because then when you say something like i'm dating somebody people treat it so much more seriously um because there's now been this phenomenon of talking so let's start there you guys can tell me how you feel and we can push from there
2: i love that you raised that um kind of the idea of like what even dating is and like what it looks like and for me i think about how like You know, I think of courting, you know, because courting is a whole other type of concept of dating and how Mm -hmm. we aren't really like taught how to date. Like when we're young, our parents don't talk to us about dating. We're not taught it. You know, it's just not something that we're actually fundamentally taught. Um, And for me, I agree with you. I think that we kind of look at dating, at at least in our generation, we look at talking and then dating. And it's funny because it's just like you would say that you're talking to someone and it's like, what does that mean? You're talking to them? Like I'm talking to you all right now but I'm not talking to you all in the sense of the way we define talking in our generation. Right. Right. Um, I think, I think with our generation, I think the reason the talking, the word talking and that phase exists is because we've expanded our idea of what identity looks like, sexuality looks like, dating looks like anything that was black or white, our generation said, Nope, we're in we're it gray. gray, orange, <laughs> yellow, green, black, like we just throw it all in there. <laughs> And so if you were to tell like your mom, like you're talking to someone, she'd be like, what do you mean you're talking to them? So I just thought it was interesting.
0: Yeah. I personally, I just feel like talking is an unnecessary step that we have added into the dating process. And I feel like it's part of the reason why we have so many issues when it comes to commitment or maybe not commitment of itself, but like what commitment looks like and what those boundaries are. Because at least in my mind, dating and talking could almost be seen as interchangeably but talking is what you want to do when you don't want to have to be held to a certain standard because to me you do the same thing in talking that you do in dating because to me there's a difference between dating and then dating exclusively when you're just regularly dating when you first meet someone like you're still talking to other people you're still sending feelings out there you might go on dates with one person you might go dates on another person and like, you're kind of like shopping around, kind of figuring out like where you vibe best. And then when you figure out who you vibe with best, then you start dating someone exclusively. exclusively. And then even after dating exclusively, I think there's a difference between dating someone exclusively and then being an actual girlfriend, boyfriend in a committed relationship. So I feel like talking is something that we have created as a way to be able to date people, but without have to have that accountability in the idea of, we're not dating to date exclusively or like something in kind of in that nature. And I feel like it's just weird because like, you'll be like, Oh, we're not even dating. We're just talking. And it's like, no, bitch, it's the same thing.
1: I completely like- agree. With <laughs> I completely agree. I'm not going to lie. Zia and I've had this conversation off air and I think we both ca- as it relates to talking, I think we both kind of agree mm-hmm. on that standpoint. And while Urban Dictionary is not a credible source ever, Z and I do often like to use it on the podcast because right. it gives you an idea of how people within a particular generation might define a concept. So if you look up, which I just did on my phone, but if you look up talking on Urban Dictionary, these are the top two um, definitions that you get and it's very funny to me that these are the top two definitions because these two definitions contradict each other and I think that that's part part of the problem with the concept of something like talking because if everybody can define what talking is for themselves then there is no saying what it actually is so what you might think is happening when you say you and somebody are talking is not what they think is happening if you get what I'm saying so Anyways, I'm going to give you the definitions. The first definition says that talking is when two people like each other a lot and have established that they like each other, but they aren't technically boyfriend and girlfriend, yet they don't talk to other people. The second definition says Mm -hmm. when two people are not exclusive with each other, nor have established that they are a couple, but have some sort of a relationship. John and I go out a lot, but we're just talking versus john and i have been talking for months i wonder when he will ask me out so i just to me those two things are so contradictory because if you listen to the first definition it really says that you know despite the fact that you know we aren't quote-unquote boyfriend and girlfriend we've established that we are the only two people in this quote-unquote situationship whereas the second second definition really says there's no exclusivity like i owe you no loyalty here I just enjoy you as a person. And I think that if you can have two definitions that are so contrasting, then can any of them really be applicable to any situation that's going on in anybody's life?
2: Right. Yeah, I I love that you mentioned those. And I definitely agree. I love that you brought up accountability um, as well, Zia, because I think like even with talking, we, you know, just like you mentioned, like we've created it so that we don't have to, by intercommitment but I think that brings brings up an even bigger point because you can date but then some people don't date intentionally and I think that's the problem with talking it's not an intentional practice like it's not mm-hmm. hey I'm trying to actually meet someone with x y and Z qualities or hey I'm trying to meet someone to get to this stage I think that's my problem with talking um which as you mentioned these are like people can people kind of use talking and dating sometimes interchangeably but I think the bigger issue is just the lack of intention. And I think sometimes people do have intentions, but then they are not clear about communicating those intentions. Right. And that's where I think talking gets very fuzzy. So how do you all feel about like dating with with intention or even just talking to someone with intention? Like, is that important for you all or?
1: So I am really big on intention, generally speaking, not even as it relates to dating as a concept, but just intention in all parts of your life, I think intentionality is really important. Right. However, what I am going to say is that intention looks different for different people. So I think when people hear dating with intention, they think that the intention is to get married. And that's not necessarily all it is. You can be dating somebody with intention and the intention can be, how do we present our best selves to this relationship or this situationship so that we can grow together and be our best selves and make the most out of this situation that we're in. And then when people have like these misaligned intentions or they don't understand what the other person's intentions can might be that's where you get like these issues that arise out of like one person being more committed than the other or one person feeling like they're more in it than the other person is and I think a big part of that is a lack of communication in the first place like the biggest thing about dating with intention is that you have to be willing to sit down and communicate with your partner and you have to also understand that a part of communication is that sometimes you're going to have to hear things that you might not necessarily like or that might not be things that you want to hear but that doesn't mean that you don't need to hear them
0: i agree 100 percent. i feel like it kind of takes us into like one of our topics that we kind of displayed in our out- outline which is like mr right versus mr right now and i feel like it's both kind of ties into what you're saying when it comes to dating t- with intention because i don't think either is wrong i feel like we always talk it When we think about like, this is a topic, it's always either one or the other, but I feel like it can be both. And I feel like it really depends on where you are in your stages of life. It's completely okay. As long as you communicate that with another person to be dating for fun or to be dating for new experiences or to be dating, to just try something new as opposed to dating for marriage. Because all of those are intentions. I think that that's what you have to understand. You have to
1: understand that dating for fun is an intention dating to have new experiences is an intention intention. dating multiple people to you know diversify your sexual experiences for example is still an intention but what you have to do is at the outset make those intentions clear and then as you go along the line continue to communicate those intentions and if for whatever reason those intentions change you have to be you have to be willing to communicate that there has been a change in your intentions
0: Right. Right. And I agree. I feel like part of the problem is that when we are growing up kind of in our lives, I feel like we are taught that it's not always about words. It's about the actions, right? So words aren't important. What are they doing to show you that they love you, to show you that that's your boyfriend, that's your girlfriend? And I feel like what happens is we see someone doing maybe what we personally, because I feel like it's different for everyone, think of as boyfriend, girlfriend, like dating, like behavior. So then mm-hmm. you take that as a confirmation that this is the situation that you're in without any sort of verbal communication going on between you and your partner. And that's where you get stuck because instead of letting words and con conversation and confirmation happen we are just like oh well they're doing x y and z so obviously that means that's my boyfriend that's my girlfriend and we're good but it's like you don't know sorry. what the
1: other person's thinking i'm sorry you're not my boyfriend until we sit down and have a conversation about whether or not we are together and what being right. together looks like like unless you have a conversation right. where you're like are you my girl i am not your girl and so <laughs> i think that i think that z is very right where we get into this whole habit of well, you know, we hung out five days this week and I sleep in his bed four nights a week and like we have sex (laughs) all the time. So that must mean he's my boyfriend. That time the man is on the two days that he's not with you, he's with somebody else. else. You can't can't make the assumption that just because he enjoys spending time with you, you are the only person he enjoys spending time with. You know what I mean? And so I think that, that really ties into my next point, which is the idea of expectations versus reality which happens a lot when there's a lack of communication so you think that this is what behavior should look like or this is what you know people Mm -hmm. should be doing and when people do something that even slightly looks like that you take it and you run with it and end up being disappointed when it doesn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out because at the end of the day you never had a conversation about it and then you end up breaking your own heart
2: right Absolutely. And I think I love what you mentioned about intentions look in different ways. And I think also, there's a pressure to know exactly what it is that you want. Like no one will verbalize, I'm interested in you, but I don't know what I want. Or I'm not sure where I want this to go. I feel like people aren't okay with verbalizing that. And I think when they don't, um, what it does is they, they, they might share an intention that might not be true, or they just feel like they need to Say something or share something that may not be actually true. So I think it's also important to just be honest about like, you know what? I don't really know what I want yet, or I'm not mm-hmm. sure where I want this to go yet. because what when you have those conversations like we mentioned, what you're doing is you're giving someone else a choice. If you're upfront with them, if you communicate with them, they have a choice whether or not they want to vibe with you and stay or see where it's gonna go or if they want to leave. And I'm the type of person where it's like, I'd rather be honest, and if you want to go by, you like you know what I mean like I'm I'm completely okay with you leaving if if, if this is not what you want or this is not what you know I, I rather I rather you have the choice and you know because then I know that you're leaving because you want to or you're staying because you actually want to see where this is going so I think expectations the what you brought up can get really I don't know that's hard because we grew up being socialized with the way relationships look a lot of our expectations come from societal norms it's not even
1: just our parents but you see it in everything you see it in pop culture you see it in music you right. see it in media you hear it in the songs you listen to even the rap songs yep. where where rappers are talking about the bitches that they like that that creates a, an expectation for somebody so everybody's expectation might not be Riches F- get money but listening to that music absorbing that that influx of energy sets expectations for some some guys so if you take the example of like the girl who spends all this time with the guy and assumes that he's her boyfriend meanwhile his expectations for a relationship is that he can sleep with whoever he wants because he never his said that he was with name. anybody and his expectation was fuck bitches get money. And so she's over here because she grew up on Disney princesses and fairy tales. And he grew up on Tupac and Biggie and Jay-Z and wh- whoever else, um, not big on rap, but whoever else. And so they have now come into this situationship with two very different expectations that in no way align. But they're picking at things from each other's actions that they think might make their expectations a reality and then at the end of the day somebody ends up disappointed
2: yeah I also think it's it's also because like sometimes people outline those expectations and people say they're okay with them people say they're on board but low-key they're really triggered and they're really not for it what do you all think about that
1: I think I think I completely agree with you and I think the biggest issue with that is that People need to learn not only to be honest with their partners, but to be honest with themselves. Yeah. And so while you, I think the issue is that sometimes people say what they think the other person wants to hear, because despite the fact that they don't want what the person wants, they also don't want to lose the person. So for whatever reason that they don't, whatever the reason that might be, it might be that they just enjoy the person's company. It might have be that, you know, that situation where like, you go from like best friends to lovers, And obviously one person made the first move and the other person went with it because they didn't want to lose it. Whatever the reasoning may be. I'm just taking examples that you see often. But whatever the reason may be, people agree to things that they are not actually ready to agree to or that they do not Mm -hmm. actually want to agree to because Mm -hmm. they don't want to risk losing something that makes them feel good. But you really have to be honest with yourself and the person that you're with and really sit down and have a conversation and say, you know, I don't want what you want and if I pretended if I pretended to want what you wanted at the end of the day somebody would still wind up hurt or upset or angry or would feel as if they've been led on which defeats the whole purpose of the reasoning that you don't want to lose the good thing in the first place and realistically speaking it could very well happen that you don't want what somebody wants and you say that, open, and y'all find an alternative that works for the both of y'all. But y'all can never explore the idea of finding an alternative if you're not honest about the fact that you don't necessarily want what somebody else wants. Same thing. And it doesn't make right. it, it doesn't make you a bad person for not wanting what somebody else wants. But you right. really have to be honest about what you do want and what you don't want. And if you don't know what you want, you have to be honest about
0: that too. I think in society, we're taught that relationships are negotiable and that it's always possible Mm -hmm. to change someone's mind.
1: Mm -hmm. So when
0: you hear something, when a girl or a boy clearly outlines what they want in a relationship, when you like someone or wanna really be someone's partner, what you hear is, you don't want this now, but I mean with all of the power that I possess in this pussy and this (laughs) dick, I am gonna change your mind like <laughs> you say this now but three months from now like we're going to be planning our wedding because you're going to be stuck on me even though in the beginning you said that you were only interested in dating casually because I feel like we're taught in music and movies all of the time that if they say no pursue anyway if they mm-hmm. say not really- no you can change their mind they're going to come around they just don't know what they want Now it's only temporary feeling once they get to know you better as a person, they're going to realize that you are the love of their life. And how could they not want to be with you? And the truth of the matter is in real in the real world, it's just simply not the case. When people say things, they mean them. And I feel like we need to take things for what they are, especially when people clearly outline what it is. And it really
1: begs the question. Why do you want something so much that doesn't want you? Because as much as you mm. might think, as much as you might think that you love somebody or you care about somebody or that you want something to work with somebody, there's 7 billion people on the planet. There there is no person, even even the person that you might think is your soulmate, even the person that wants all the same things that you do. There is no person okay. that should be your end all be all except for yourself. So you really have to to ask the question, why do you want something that does not want you? And I'm all about, I'm all about attracting energy that already belongs to you. I'm all about, you Mm -hmm. know, manifesting. So people are really big on manifestation these days. And I think it's a really great tool. I think it's super important. Um, I think you can call the things to you that you believe belong to you. But realistically speaking, it has to be something that already wants to come to you. When we talk about manifestation, if you read up on manifestation, if you do the research and you you really get into it and you're doing all the reading and everything, you realize that all the things that that you manifest, all the things that come to you that you've wanted out of the world are already things that were out there whose energy was willing to come to yours, whose energy was willing to come and exist with yours within this realm in which you live. You know what I mean? So all that money that you manifested was already out there. It was there and it was waiting Mm. for you. You can't make something want you if it doesn't. So that boy that you think that you're in love with at 15, that doesn't want you, but you're convinced that if you're his best friend for seven years, he'll change his mind. It doesn't work that way. Like stop. I'm I'm a firm believer and want what wants you. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean that you have to want every single person that wants you. Like if somebody, it, it works both ways. Like if somebody's interested in you and you're not interested in them, then you fend off their advances, right? So why do you think that if you're interested in somebody and they're not interested in you, they shouldn't be allowed to fend off your advances?
2: Right. I, I love I that you brought up manifestation. I, I always have this phrase that I always say that we should model what we want to attract. So, you know, that person that you're looking for, I I think I saw this quote literally just yesterday the day before, you know, we always think about all these qualities that we want in a person, rather than trying to be those qualities that we want in that person. And I really think, like, that's really important. But I think something that you brought up, too, that I thought that was interesting, um, you were talking a lot about, like, You know, people not wanting to be alone and be by themselves. And I think right now, because we're in a pandemic and even from 2020, that brings up a really good point because people might be in a space where they feel like, well, I really don't wanna be alone. So I'm just gonna keep this person around anyway. And Mm -hmm. I think people in 2020 have been forced to sit with themselves in a way that they didn't have to before, um, to be alone, to do like just a lot of internal reflection because there was no going out. There was no some of the distractions that we had before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that it actually changed people's like infatuation with not being by themselves. Like personally, I've, there's a solace and peace that I found in being alone, not, and not alone, just in the sense of a relationship I'm talking mm-hmm. about physically, I'm talking about figuratively. I think there's such an infatuation with not wanting to be by yourself. Like people make it seem like it's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I think even now, like singleness has just, I don't know it's, it looks different than it than it was before
0: i think one thing that i a phenomenon that has been interesting that i've been seeing in social media or hearing on other podcasts that i listen to is this idea that the relationships that you have entered in during the pandemic it's not real it's a simulation it's not real life and part of the reason for that is you've been in your house alone You can't really socialize with friends. You can't really go out with and meet people. So you are going on these dating apps. You're going on these Zoom dates, craving attention, craving like just togetherness with like other people, so on and so forth, that when outside really opens and you no longer have the constraints of having to be within your own walls and only leaving for like grocery shopping or to get like food if you want takeout, you're going to realize that the people that you thought you were so stuck on during pandemic it was like hay fever it was like an illusion because you were so desperate and you craved attention so much that the first sign that you were able to get it you jumped on it Mm
1: -hmm. I think that we have we are so socialized to be creatures of pack as opposed to creatures that exist by ourselves and so I am a firm believer that no man is an island no man can exist in his life all by his lonesome just because I believe in things like community and uh, you know having each other's back and accountability to others because realistically speaking if there is no sense of community and there is no sense of accountability to others and how the things you do might affect other people then it would just be a fucking shit show that being said um, with that socialization of pack mentality, it has become very hard for people to be by themselves. And I think being by yourself is really important. Not as, as Ajay said, not even just as it relates to singleness and being in a relationship,
2: right.
1: but in multiple aspects of their life, of your life. Like I, I have friends that can't go out to eat by themselves. I have friends that don't want to even go get takeout by themselves. Like they they always have to be with somebody. I have friends that jump from like monogamous relationship to monogamous relationship to monogamous relationship because they just can't stand being alone. And realistically speaking, the first time you are really alone with yourself and you sit down and you look at yourself in the mirror and you really have to face that you are not a perfect Mm. person and that you might, you might sometimes be the problem is one of the hardest things to do. But that does not make it any less necessary. And so Zia and I are big advocates of, you know, taking care of yourself on this podcast and self-love and, you know, being right. aware of like yourself mentally and spiritually. And I'm big on that generally on all of my platforms in everything that I do because I'm somebody that suffers from mental health illnesses and other things. Um, right. But I also, you know, you have to realize that sometimes it's you that you need to sit down and address and be like, this is what needs to change. This is where, you know, needs to be fixed. This is what can be tweaked. And I think that the reason that people are so afraid to be alone is because they're afraid to be honest with themselves. Nobody wants to be the problem. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be the thing that needs fixing. Nobody wants to be the thing, be the person that has to ask for help everybody wants to be the savior and be the person that you know can say well it's never me that's in the wrong it's me that helps other people or it's me that can tell other people the truth but realistically speaking can you really tell other people the truth if you can't be honest with yourself and so I feel like a lot of the people that I can depend on to help me through things are a lot of a lot of people that I know can sit down by themselves and be like you know what I'm not a perfect person either. And those are the people that I want in my circle. And so, for example, Z is my best friend. I am going to die with this girl. Like my best friend <laughs> in the world. Like love her to death. And a lot of the time, we're both ain't shit. We do a lot of ain't shit stuff, and we encourage each other <laughs> in our ain't shit behavior. I hear you. But, we're all a working. But also, but also, if I'm really out of pocket, like if I'm really you know out of my lane, and I'm doing something that's self-deprecating, or you know, not is, like, self-harming or harmful to other people, she's somebody that I can count on to be, like, you're fucked up. Like, you fucked up here. You're doing something wrong. Right. And it needs to change. And right. I think that that's the reason a lot of people don't want to be alone. Because nobody wants to, you know, sit down and look in the mirror and be, like, you know what? The things that I don't like in other people are actually things that I don't like in myself that I'm deflecting yep. onto other people.
2: Right exactly it's shadow work it requires shadow work um Mm -hmm. and then i've I've looked into a lot and i feel like you mentioned it's so easy to and that brings up another point for me like even when it comes to dating how much people are willing to lay their cards on the table and when i say cards i mean all the raw hard truth how many people are really willing to do that up from the jump Um, people have different theories on that and i firmly believe like I, I rather that approach I just I don't have I'm just a person who's just like let's not waste any time it is what it is right it, you know I what compete. I mean like that's just I how I agree. am you know but I know for other people they feel like oh I don't want to I don't want to for example let's say someone has a child and they're on a date but they don't want to mention that they have a child because they feel like that's already going to be a red flag for the other person so they withhold yeah. that information about having a child When for me, I'm like, no, you should have told, I should have, like, let's do that from jump so that, you know what I mean? So that you could decide. So I don't know how you all feel about just that kind of, that transparency and that rawness from the beginning of dating.
0: I feel like the beginning of dating for a lot of people, generally speaking, I feel like on a societal level is very performative. I feel like we are kind of taught, you know, that when you're meeting new people to put your best foot forward, to present your best self. And So you keep down a lot of the things that we find unattractive, unattractive qualities and of ourselves. I feel like we tend to bury it. But the thing about that is that when it is so innate within yourself, those things cannot stay buried for long. And I feel like that's one of the reasons when we're talking about domestic violence situations, which I know is like completely left from what we're talking about. But I feel like it kind of ties into this when we uh, hear Oh, like, how did you get in this situation with this guy or like this girl and she's been beating on you? Like, how could you let that happen? But you have to realize that we're so performative in this life. We go to job interviews and we portray our best selves. We meet new people and portray our best selves. We go to school and we have to portray our best selves. We learn how to hide the ugly so well that we don't, it doesn't, you know, manifest outward towards people until maybe two months in, three months in, maybe even six months in before I feel like we're truly showing off our true behavior, our true traits, our true faults, our true fears, true everything. So I think it's something we have to unlearn if that's the direction that we're going to take when it comes to presenting all of us on a first date. But I also feel like that everything needs to be revealed. I think there is a balance because I feel like when you are a person with kids to take your thing for an example, I don't know if you need to, I don't know if I'm a believer that you need to tell someone on the first date that you have kids. But I do feel like that if after a couple of dates, you feel that chemistry and you think that this is someone that you are maybe interested in, like going into an actual relationship with, yes, you would want to tell someone that earlier than later because it is their choice if they do want to date someone with children I, I maybe, feel as I though
1: would not. <laughs> I feel as though the idea of best self is as you said very performative it's very fictional because I think that the best way to be your best self is to be honest about who you are and work on the things that need work I don't know. I've. I know it sounds. I know it sounds really preachy when you say things like that. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm a perfect person. It's always easier to say it than it is to do it. So I think that that is something that you have to be cognizant of when we when you are having these kinds of conversations when you are having this type of dialogue. Um, However, what I will say is this: I don't think you need to tell everybody any anybody everything on a first date. And let me finish what I'm saying before you, go with what I, so, before you go with my statement. I don't think you need to tell somebody every single one of your deepest, darkest secrets or things that you might quote unquote consider ugly on the first date just because everybody has their own variations of trauma. And so you don't know how what you have been through might affect the person that you're trying to connect with. And that's not to say that you don't have those, those conversations down the line or you don't even have those conversations early on because I'm a big believer in having those conversations early on in the relationship. However, I think things like a first date, for example, are where you get a gauge of who it is that you're about to spend more time with. Because the first date, like aside from the fact that people perform and people try to put their best foot forward, you can also pick up on people's energy. Like, you know, in your gut, whether or not you fuck with someone's energy. Like, then I've met a few people and been like, we will never hang out with them again. Like, I, right. you're, I'm sure you're cool to other people in your life. I'm sure you're a fine person. You're just not my type of person. You know what I mean? And I think that that's completely right. okay. What I think after that first day, after you have decided with that person that you want to um, continue spending time with them and you want to continue getting to know them. I think after that, that's where you have to be really intentional about not only what you're sharing, but about what you're asking as well. You really have to ask yourself, this person that I'm with, you have to set your intentions for the relationship. You have to say, am I dating for fun? Am I dating to experience, have new experiences with you? Am I dating because I see this going somewhere serious? And then after you set that intention, especially if it's something that leans more toward the serious side, you really have to be intentional about how well you want to know the person that you want to be spending a significant amount of time with you know you have to be intentional about how well you want them to know you because realistically speaking as hard as it is to be truthful sometimes the most long-lasting the the most long-standing the most beneficial relationships not even talking about a time frame but just beneficial to all parties involved those relationships are the ones that are based on things like truth where you can actually say you know somebody as opposed to finding out six months in that you have no idea who it is that you're dating they've turned into a completely different person and so that has to that intentionality has to happen on both sides of the table it can't just be one person doing it right so for example with my current relationship our first date was really fun and You know, we went out for food and we had drinks and we talked about where I'm from and, you know, like a bit about his childhood, a bit about my childhood, like what I was doing in school, you know, small talk. And then I think we both kind of figured out that, you know, like, I'm interested, you're interested. There's obviously attraction here. I want to go on a second date. And by the time we hit like our third date, our fourth date, by the time we were like hanging out with each other on a pretty consistent basis, it was then time to be like, you know, These are conversations that need to be had. And while like not every hard conversation is going to be had at the beginning of your relationship, because obviously there are things that are going to come up throughout your relationship, you have to establish, you know, you have to set precedents for what you want the rest of the relationship to look like. Like, do we want this relationship to be founded on honesty or do we want to pretend for the next five years? And you really have to set that precedent and move from there.
2: Right. I agree with you. And I I definitely agree. I don't think all the cards have to be laid on the table. But I think for me, one of the things that I'm not okay with is withholding information just so they stay. Like, I don't think that's a valid enough reason to withhold information. Oh, like, I really want them to stay, so I don't want to give them this truth. Like, Like, just like you're saying, you know, because I feel like if you can embrace your truth enough and if they can see your truth enough for what it is, then they'll stay or they'll be around and you know what I mean and, and mm-hmm. I just think the infatuation with wanting someone to stay I think it's an ego-based practice because we somehow like Zia mentioned feel like we have control over someone's ability to stay you could be in love with someone and it's wedding day and they and they leave you at the altar like it, mm-hmm. there's just no way for you to you know what I mean just to right. 100% control that so I think Sometimes, and this is just from what I've seen with people dating, like getting out of the mindset of, oh, let me withhold this or let me say this because the goal is for them to stay. The goal should not be for them to stay. I, I, you know what I mean? I know for me, when it comes to connecting with people, my number one goal is growth. So I'm looking to vibe with people who are going to make me grow. I'm looking to vibe with people who are going to, you know, we're going to grow interpersonally. Like I think growth for me is the number one goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any aspect of my life, I align around that. I align around growing. Um, I think for other people, they just have to figure out what it is that they want from those connections, from those relationships or from dating in general. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that every person that comes into your life teaches you a little bit about yourself. And I think for me, that is where my intention with a lot of the relationships that I have has lied whether it be my friendships or my romantic relationships or you know sexual predilections or like people that I've known in passing. I think that I want to not only am I big on growing interpersonally, but I'm big on growing within myself and I'm, I'm it's less about why is this happening to me and more about
2: what is this teaching? Me. What is it teaching me? Mm-hmm. Yes I'm big on that too I love that.
0: I feel like kind of like what you were saying before about how we withhold information to stay or we stay with people just for the sake of like having company. I feel like in addition to staying, I feel like it is a fear of starting over. I feel Mm -hmm. like we Mm -hmm. are scared to have to, we're scared of having our time wasted, especially when we don't see relationships as opportunities of growth or to learn about ourselves. When mm-hmm. we end a two-year relationship, we're like, well, that's two years of my life down the drain, not necessarily, okay, we had two years, we broke up, but I learned so much about myself, or I had yeah. so much of a good time with you, even though it ended, and uh, it is something that irks me every time I have to hear friends talk about <laughs> like their relationships, because, listen... I am a very big I feel like me not dating and not really having that need for romantic companionship makes me very I'm very logical based (laughs) things have to make sense to me or else I I tap out like I really can't be in situations like even and it makes it hard for me to be there as a support system for friends sometimes because once you start talking to me about things that don't make sense I'm I'm immediately tapped out because I just can't continue to be supportive in like that sense so it's been a really big issue that I've been trying to work on or maybe I don't have to work on it kind of trying Mm -hmm. to figure out if that's something I really do need to work on but I think to go back to like what I was saying because that wasn't actually the point um we see red flags or we notice that we're not vibing with someone or we notice that maybe someone isn't necessarily into us Us as we are into them. And we are so, especially, I feel like when you feel like you are racing against the clock for marriage Mm. and children and so on and so forth, (laughs) that we are willing to ignore red flags. You're coming for them today. Keep going. Ignore ignore red flags. We are willing to assassinate our own character. We are willing to commit actual just genocide homicide against our own soul our own sense of being because if i do not do this if i do not stick this out i'm never going to get married and that is going to be the end of my life i would have failed as a person i especially think this is something true for women that we place on women that need to be married that yeah. they need to have a family and if they, they do not do yeah. these things then you have somehow failed in life I had someone who thinks being 23 or 24 is too old to not be like on the track for marriage and like they were like I'm like so old I don't really have time to be playing games anymore and I'm like okay if you don't want to play games I understand that like that is a valid statement to not want to be like played by people that makes sense but 23 24 is not old like it's (laughs) So young and I feel like we definitely there's just a societal pressure pressure from our friends pressure from social media to create this like unit that we're gonna get it by any means necessary no matter what harm it does to our own sense of self and it is something that I've never really been able wow. to get behind so
1: Ooh. I, I think that You know, people, you know how people say give people their flowers while they're here? Yeah. I think that that can be extended to different parts of life. And so I think that a lot of time, a lot of the time people feel as though they're racing against this clock. However, I think that the best way to approach any part of your life is to enjoy that part of your life while you're in it. I think it's best to be present in the part of your life you're in, So enjoy the people you have for as long as you have them. And understandably, things might not always go the way that you want, it might not always be the outcome that you expected, but that does not take away from the experience that you had. And so, I think this idea of racing against a timeline is very dangerous because it keeps people in situations that are not good for them. And realistically, some of the times the situations have never been good for them, and so it also leads me to the point that a lot of people say that you can't love somebody that doesn't love themselves. And while there may be some truth to that statement, I think a more factual statement is you can't love if you don't know how to love yourself. So you can't love anyone else if you don't know how to love yourself. It's, it's less about accepting love and more about being able to give it, more about being able to be present in the relationship that you're in if you don't know how to give it to yourself because then you're always searching for the person that you think completes you and so I remember a couple years ago when my ex and I broke up um because I do a lot of writing myself um I was having this conversation and I was saying you know relationships aren't supposed to be about two halves forming a whole it's about two holes forming a union you know what I mean it has to it has to be less about what you think another person brings to the table to complete you. Like no person is your missing puzzle piece. Everybody is their own puzzle. You have to find a way for those two puzzles to coexist, to make the best outcome, to make the best picture. And so this idea that, you know, you have to be married by a certain age, you have to have kids, you have to form this unit, you have to have this cohesive life going on with the white picket fence and the dog and four children creates like a very unsafe dating environment because then you are sticking with things that you really shouldn't be just for the sake of the unit right and it has to and as as much as you are experiencing things with somebody as much as you are growing with somebody if you are only ever concerned about the integrity of the unit and never about you know how you are feeling as a person yourself then you will always suffer at the
2: expense of the unit Right. I, I 100% agree. And I think I love that we're I love that we're talking about this in reference to dating because um, something that I'm huge on is radical acceptance. Um, and I think like, you know, it's just really important to, for me, the, the way I've been able to peacefully navigate life as best as possible is taking things for how they come and making peace with them. Even the things that may have been um, affected me the most deeply. Um, just making I don't know if that's mine I don't know either but yeah like I was saying just like making peace with the things that happen Um, because even within dating I mean we don't have I think if anything 2020 has shown us that we don't have control over a lot of things we have control over some things and we should definitely um, do our best to control those things but even when it comes to dating like you're not going to be able to 100% control your experience and you shouldn't want to because I'm sure like some of the best relationships in our lives happened because they were supposed to and in a way that naturally developed. And others, um, I know some people might say, Oh, I wish I was never like that one ex." Like we don't talk about that ex; They're dead to me. Well, yeah, they might be, but like, they taught you things, you know what I mean? Like there were things that you walked away with. And so that's why I'm just huge on radical radical acceptance and just making peace with, with the things that we've experienced um because they're the past and there's not much we can do about them yeah
0: absolutely i I actually want to pivot a bit um and talk about social media because i feel like we're always talking about how the dynamics of relationship and dating has changed and the older generation was better at dating and relationships and while i do not subscribe to that narrative i think it is absolutely (laughs) false i do think that every generation has its own challenges that they have to overcome when it comes to dating and relationships and i think the challenge for gen z gen z's and like millennials too because it is a very closely knit age group is this idea of social media social media relationships you know everybody has like a couple instagram or a couple YouTube channel. I mean, look at those things for like relationship goals and whether you like it or not, it does influence how you think relationships are supposed to be. So I wanted to hear like, what what do you think of social media and how it relates to relationships? And do you have a code or rules that you follow for social media when you are in a relationship? Mm, Okay,
1: so... I don't think that social media by itself has made relationships any harder than they were in the past. I think that a lot of the issues that people might face in relationships today are issues that our parents face as well. So I completely agree with Zia in saying that there's no saying that our parents did dating better than we do. What I will say is that social media has made everyone's lives a lot more accessible. Um, because we are so willing to share so much of our lives on our platforms. And I think a lot of the time sharing parts of your life is good. It creates a sense of community. It creates, you know, a space at ta- a safe space at times for people. It creates a space for people to feel understood. That being said, it also creates room for people to be able to criticize parts of our lives. And so that is obviously applicable to our relationships, especially if we are posting our relationships on social media. And I think that it's created this culture of, you know, um, people coming to you as a woman or as a man, or telling you that your man was this, that, and the third, or whatever, Uh... whatever, whatever. And I think that... Social media can be a danger to relationships where there is no sense of security or where there isn't a foundation of trust in the relationship because then it becomes very easy to to have other people have opinions on your relationship and for you to go with their opinions Mm -hmm. as opposed to basing your own opinions of your relationship. Realistically speaking, if you think your man is cheating on you, that's a feeling you have in yourself. If you think your woman is cheating on you, that's a feeling you have in yourself and that on a regular basis, that would be something that you discuss with your partner. And then you make like the best judgment you can based off of the information that you're presented with when we tie in things. And this is just one example, but when you tie in things like social media, especially on, you know, these relationships where we are, these relationships that we're basing on things like putting your best foot forward and not being your most honest self with your partner it makes it a lot easier to, you know, believe what other people might have to say instead of first going to your partner and seeing what they might have to say because somewhere in your subconscious, you know, well, I'm not even telling my partner the whole truth because I'm trying to be, to put my best foot forward. I'm trying to be my most attractive self and somewhere in your subconscious, you also believe that your partner is doing the same thing. And I think social media preys on that, but I don't think social media by itself is a detriment to relationships.
2: Right, yeah, I, I 100% um, agree with you. I think um, defining the terms of your relationship, obviously outside of social media and primary to social media is really important. Like even before you all maybe go on social media as a couple, if that's something that you, you all want to do, defining what the terms of that looks like. Because yeah. I feel like also within social media, like for example, like people will say, oh, he didn't post me, so is it real? Like he didn't post me, but he posted his ex. Or You know what I mean? Like yeah. things like that. And it's just so interesting because like, I, you know, I laugh, I laugh at some of the things like that, but maybe for some people like having that external validation on social media, I don't know, it's part of what they need for their relationship, for their love yeah. language. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Everyone's different. Um, but I think the problem, like you mentioned, is when we don't sit down like within our actual union and define for ourselves outside of everything else what is it that we want? Um, Because I feel like when you're able to do that, then things like social media and a bunch of other things won't have as much of... I agree with you because even family, like think about, let's think about relationships in the past. Like let's let's look at a time when there was no social media. Mm -hmm. We could replace social media with family because Mm -hmm. family was a structure that was so heavily influencing relationships like if you're in a relationship with someone your everyone in your family had an opinion or or uh, yeah you should get married here you should do it there you should, you know what i mean so yeah. i agree with you i think it's all about how it how it's used in a relationship
1: and i think as for things like rules because zia asked about rules in relationships personally i've never mm. posted a partner before the one that i currently have on my social media never have i ever And I never thought it was necessary. It was never something that I had to sit down with my partners and discuss and be like, you know, this is something that I really want to do. Because as much as I put a lot of my life on social media, things like my work and my writing and, you know, the things that I enjoy, as much as there is a a great percentage of my life on social media, there's also a lot of my life that happens off of social media. And I think it's that way for a lot of people. Because realistically, if you look at social media, people only want to put their best selves forward on social media they only want to put the happy moments on social media right I've actually especially a lot last year I actually came away from only posting things that made me feel good like I was posting I stopped posting poetry that was like only about love and I started posting poetry Mm. about heartbreak and like about experiences and about everything on my social media it wasn't just about you know the things that made me happy and so before Liam my boyfriend, I wasn't posting my significant other on social media because that was a part of my life that I always kept off of social media. Liam is now on my social media and it wasn't anything that was particularly intentional either. It was just that there were a lot of good things happening in my life at that point and he happened to be a part of those good things that were happening. So while I was sharing those good things with the people that was on my social media, I also, in a way, ended up sharing Liam in that process. But it wasn't anything that personally we had to sit down and be like are you going to post me today or like why haven't i been posted in your story like and i'm big on documentation in general like not because i need other people to see it but i like to be able to look back like i like to be able to sit in my bed and you know i don't have to be on my phone all day but i like to be able to sometimes sit back and like look at pictures and be like you know what this was a great memory like i like that i have this memory in physical form So sometimes when we're out at dinner, I might take a picture or there might be a video of us singing in the car. And I enjoy having that because I enjoy being able to have those physical memories as opposed to just something that exists within my mind. And some of those have hit social media and some of them haven't. But aside from that, social media doesn't play a particularly large role in my relationships. But I can understand how it would in some people's because social media exist differently in different people's lives and as such it would exist right in their relationships
2: and social media is is sometimes the reason why relationships don't work a lot of the time (laughs) why you know what i mean like like they don't work so it is important but i I also think like this is something that didn't exist before so we're all figuring it out you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like social media is is a new construct i mean literally look at it as tiktok now like tiktok was not a thing as of what 2018 like it's just moving so fast and so as it evolves and as it changes you know we just have to think about the ways in which we want to utilize it and the way we want it to impact our relationships and, and how we choose to to navigate just our online presence and, and the, in the world in general.
0: I know for me personally I'm not really a big fan of like posting like other people like bitch all my pictures on social media it's me ain't nobody else in these pictures it's literally just pictures of me and um I really don't see that changing like if I were to ever like get a partner especially because I I don't even post a lot I post so infrequently and then it just so happens that sometimes I'll just take a picture and I'll be like, you know what, this this is Instagrammable. So then like I'll post it. Yeah. So I feel like social media is not really second nature to me how it is for other people. But I remember I saw this on Twitter that I thought like was really interesting. Well, not interesting. I just thought it was like funny. Um, but someone was asking like why on someone's social media they don't post their partner. And they're like, whose name is on the account? Whose name is it? Is right. That- it's my name so when you go to my account you're going to see pictures of me because it is in my account it's not me and so and so it's yeah. not both of our names i was like so if you want to see this other person go follow them on their social media account like <laughs> yeah. don't don't come over over here to my brand and try and fuck things up for me like we're chilling over here and but i completely, I, do- I
1: completely get where that person is coming from because i remember like i graduated And then I had like a solid week before I came home between graduation and coming home to visit my family for the holidays. And so my boyfriend and I were together all the time. And so it was like my birthday and we were like doing a lot of things before I left or whatever. So we were, and I post a lot on my social media, like I post not like on, not on my feed, but in my Instagram story, like I post a lot and I so he just happened to be in it quite a few times and then I remember I came home to visit my family for the holidays and everything spent some time um relaxed after graduation and everything and I hadn't posted him in a while I was just chilling I was posting like my usual motivational quotes in my Instagram or whatever like the Liam content and somebody slid up my DMs and they were like did you and your mom break up and I was like what do you mean and I was like, they were like, because we haven't seen you posting him recently. And I was like, we haven't broken up. We're we're not in the same place right now. But even if we were, like, I don't owe y'all Nyla and Liam content. Like, this is not a joint page. This is Nyla's account. And I remember somebody replied to my story one time as well. And they were like, we want more Liam content. And I was like, so follow Liam's page. Like literally this is not a stan account i'm so confused
2: <laughs> they want to only fans. that's what they want uh, bro, but there. they do though they do,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, do though.
2: they want only fans yeah but that just says a lot about how we feel like like a lot of people aren't even living their own lives anymore they're just living through social media like they don't they're not actually like you were talking about presence before and You know, I love documenting, too, and I document a lot of stuff, and I believe in that, too. Um, But then also, like you mentioned, like, it's just nice to have some moments where they're just for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where you can just soak things in and not feel the pressure to post things just for posting and sake. So clearly, some people still are are on that tip of just living on social media not living in the actual Mm presence.
1: So speaking of online presence, I really am interested... And I think we can wrap up after this topic, but I'm just as a closer, I'm really interested now that we're talking about online presence about how y'all think that things like dating apps and, you know, the idea of sliding in somebody's DMs and, you know, the, the, the impact of social media on the dating realm. And I'm interested on your thoughts on things like dating apps and, you know, sliding in the DMs and swiping up on somebody's Snapchat story. And, you know, as opposed to, organically quote-unquote meeting people like meeting people in person or you know meeting people through a friend as opposed to you know meeting a complete stranger online and then going from there
0: I know for me personally I feel like we've talked about this before and we may have talked about it on the podcast I honestly don't remember but like I think DMs are so weird when I don't know you like honest to god like when people (laughs) like if someone dms me i'm like who the fuck are you how did you find my page and why are you talking to me it's such like a, and i don't know if it's because i always say that this might be because my dad is like a prosecutor and he had like a lot of like um cases about like sexual crimes against children and child pornography and like social media fishing and all that shit I feel like I got all of the horror stories from that so I don't know if like I'm sure in some way that influences like how I view like the idea of like a dm or something like that but yeah don't dm me if I don't know you I'm sorry I think it's weird I I don't understand and I think a big part of that as well is because I feel like I do not post content that would in any way make people feel like they know me on any personal level Mm. I think I my pictures are very superficial like this is not I don't post like poetry pieces and like I write too but like I don't post poetry pieces in my writing like Nyla does on her account or something Mm. like that so I feel like if you like you DMing me about like hey what's up what's good I saw your page like and I like your vibe I'm like what vibe it's a picture of me looking cute because I'd be looking cute. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I got it got like that. But like, there's nothing deeper than superficial level yeah. that I feel like it warrants a DM from anyone. So yeah, mm-hmm. don't do that. It's weird. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a difference between things like social media
1: itself and then dating apps. So I'm going to talk about social media first. Um, DMs kind of skeed me out oh, just because I post a lot of, po- I post a lot of personal content. And I understand that because I post a lot of personal content, like poetry, and I write, I you know I do like these little conversational type pieces on my IG, like TV or whatever. People think they know me. I understand that that is personal content and it might draw somebody in. So somebody might genuinely be able to say, oh, you know, like, I like the vibe that I see on your page. Whereas on Zia's page, all they would see is a vibe of narcissism. And yep. I wouldn't be able to understand that. Um, However, I think what is really dangerous about social media is because I post a lot on my social media, yes, but I don't post everything about my life on my social media. My social media is probably 30, 40% of my life, if that much. And I think people get a little too personable. So they think that because they know my social media and they've been following me for six months, they know me very well. And I think this doesn't only happen on social media. I think this happens with, like, the girl from your psych class that you've known for a semester. And because you talk about, quote, unquote, deep topics in psych, she thinks that she knows you so well. And, you know, she's yeah. tapped into your soul. And it, it bothers me a little when people act like they know me better than they do. So people will come in my DMs and talk to me as if they know me, like, in real life as a person that exists in their life, and then it it kind of bothers me because it's like you've created this idea of me in your head that you think exists that mm. might not necessarily exist and that makes me a bit uncomfortable and I so I think that that's mostly where my issue with things like DMs lie aside from the fact that a lot of the DMs are just inappropriate like I'll post, some, I'll post something in my story like I remember there was one time Z was hanging out at my apartment and we were at the pool and we were drinking wine for like the whole day and I think we posted something in our story we were probably singing to like an Amine song or something like that and the number of like just grimy messages that came into my dms that day and I was like you know what this is uncalled for like that's quite disgusting so aside from like the grimy messages um I just I find it a little uncomfortable how people think it's okay to just act like they know you better than they actually do based off of things like your work or what you post or whatever. That makes me a bit uncomfortable. As for dating apps, I feel like everything on a dating app is kind of superficial. You just kind of have to accept that. You kind of have to accept that you're striping on people that you think you might be physically attracted to. And based off of like your first like in-person interaction, that's where you have to go from. Because you can't really say, I was swiping on Tinder and I liked your vibe. Like, it was four pictures and the the caption on your Tinder was, send me a funny pickup line. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing vibey about that bitch. Like, you can't tell me that you like my vibe based off of that. It really, Tinder and Bumble and whatever other things there are like that, they're really based right. on very superficial aspects of a person and... You have to go into that knowing that they're based off of superficial things and then proceed how you want, which is why I think people say that like dating apps are really just hookup apps. But I I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with them. I think you just have to go in knowing that you have to go in knowing, well, yeah, I might be looking for love, but realistically speaking, like it's not a hundred percent chance that I might find love on a dating app. Like, I'm swiping on people okay. that I think look good, that are, like, pleasing to my eyes. And if we vibe, that's a bonus. But realistically speaking, I'm swiping on people that I think are attractive.
2: Right. Yeah, um, I'll speak to dating apps first, since you brought that up. Yeah, I remember reading this thing about how, and I've noticed it being on dating apps, too, which I absolutely hate. I don't like dating apps. Um, I've noticed that, like we, and I'm guilty of this myself, like, we literally, mostly, like you said, we swipe just for attraction, because they could have, they could, they could be, uh, they could be, you know, not attractive to us, but have all the things written in their bio that actually relate to things that we would like, but because they don't look good, you're left, you know what I mean, and which I understand, I mean, we, who would want to be with someone they don't find attractive, that just can't work, but at the same time, like, it's, totally based off of attraction and I will say they have tried to design these apps in a way that doesn't only make it about attraction like a lot of them have included features and things to try to get people to share more about who they are but I think at the end of the day like the way we've used them is it is just in a you know we just used them based off of attraction in a way to hook up um and so I've been on them before but I've always ended up deleting them and I've always been like I've always just attracted people that I'm like why just why so i've always deleted them um but i know of some people who have used them and i've had what seemed to be promising results i guess like they went on dates they you know what i mean like even friends who their partners they met on apps. and yeah. so i don't know what they did and they need to send me the cheat code if that's <laughs> the case for later on but um for right now like i i just and i love i guess it's, i don't know if it's like because i come from a small community but i love organically meeting people like I've, I've noticed that I just enjoy the process of meeting people like I formally kind of met you today Myla you know what I mean so I enjoy yeah. kind of that process um coming from a small community and then when it comes to like social media like I have had the exact same experience with DMs and people have sent me the wildest like the wildest like things and I'm just like I don't even post like the closest thing to being sexual like I haven't even posted a shirtless picture you know what I mean like Uh what would make you think it's like what about me invites that you want to do these things to me like I've had people say yeah I want to try I want to do this to you and I'm like really you you really thought it was okay for you to send me that like so I just ignore DMs like that but I don't know at the same time I think DMs um I mean I I've been able to connect with some people like and create community through that route, obviously in a way that's non-romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see the value of them. But I think, like you said, you just really brought up a good point about people having that idea of you. Because I hadn't even thought about that. And it makes me think about some of the people that I've spoken to on social media. Like, hmm, what do they really think of me? Like, they must think I'm only this. I kind of assume that they knew I wasn't only this. Because I take people with a grain of salt on social media. Yeah, same. But... But um, but no, you brought up a really interesting point, and I, I love that question.
0: I feel like as a closer, at least for me, like my final thoughts of like dating in general, is that dating I feel like is like the lottery or like gambling. Every time you go on a date, it's a gamble, like you don't know. I feel like the house, the house usually always wins and You just have to keep playing until eventually that you're until eventually like you're a winner. You're going to go on bad dates. You're going to have relationships that last years that suddenly are going to end. You're going to have relationships where people started good in the beginning, but then it turns out they're not who you thought that they were. And it's all a part of like this gamble that we take every time we put ourselves out there. On, whether that be on social media, whether that be on dating apps, whether that be in person. So I feel like when people are like, they have such bad luck in dating. I'm like, yeah, because what are the odds? Like, yeah. there's so many people in this world. And I feel like, and I mean that as a way to not get like discouraged. There's so many people in right. this world, like Nyla said. It makes sense, just statistically Speaking that there's going to be a lot of duds before you find someone that you genuinely connect with someone mm-hmm. that you genuinely see that you want to spend your life with. So don't rush the process and enjoy the journey like when you go to Vegas you know play some slot machines play some blackjack you know play some other card games that i don't know and you're gonna lose a couple of rounds but eventually hopefully you come out as a winner with some prize and i feel like we should take dating like that enjoy the experience i think hopes of becoming a winner one day i don't know that's kind of how i feel about it
1: i think generally that we should just approach dating how we approach other parts of our lives and just treat it less like it's about the destination and more like it's about the experience you know what I mean because you get something out of every interaction that you go through in life whether it's with the cashier whether it's with the person bagging your groceries whether it's with your taxi driver or your boss or your best friend or the person that you thought you were in love with two years ago or the person that you're going to be in love with five years from now like I think that you just have to understand that Life is a thing that happens to you when you're busy making other plans. And so it has to be less about making those plans and more about enjoying the experience while you have them, the experiences while you have them, or maybe not even enjoying it. Cause you might not be enjoying it when bad things are happening to you, but you know, it has to be less about planning and, you know, trying to get to the next thing and more about experiencing the thing that you're in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, to add on to everything that you all said, um, I definitely agree. And I would say, like, these experiences, like, if you take them as opportunity to just learn more about yourself and to reflect, like, I'm big on that as well, um, then you can find meaning, like, in some of these interactions and some of these things, some of these connections that you're able to make. So if you approach it that way and I know for me, like I'm just, I'm someone who just isn't in a rush. Like I don't subscribe to society's timeline of what they feel when things should happen. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm not dating now, right now, or just really in a rush to do anything. Um, Cause I, I'm taking things at my pace on my time. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, as I continue to work on myself, like I'll eventually attract someone who is hopefully in that same headspace. So
1: yeah. I completely agree. I think that that was a, great way to end out the episode on a positive note and you guys will hear from us next week um this is going to be our valentine's day podcast and then from there we'll be releasing podcasts every monday morning as usual so we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming so we will hear from you guys next week Bye bye.
2: thanks so much for having me bye
1: thanks for coming